Well, good morning. Good to see everybody today. Uh, again, I'm going to say it. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. We're awake. Uh, for our call to worship this morning, let's all stand sing hymn number nine. We praise you, O God, our Redeemer. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. This is where we usually do our birthdays and anniversaries, and we're going to get to that. Uh, but the first thing that I want to do is last Sunday, we sang happy birthday to Miss Mabel. Miss Mabel turned 98 this past week. With that, Miss Mabel is also the person who has been the most continuous living member of Deep Creek in the history of our church. Uh, she has been a member of Deep Creek for 70 years. Plus, we figured 70 because that's as close as we could get. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, 
immediately, immediately following the worship service, uh, everyone's invited to, uh, to go in a fellowship hall, and there's going to be cake and ice cream for her. Uh, and so uh, just, just know that when we leave, when the service is over with us, go in there and get you some cake and ice cream to celebrate Miss Mabel's uh, birthday. But I also have something else for her, and, I, and I'll read it, and then I'm going to take it to her. It says, a certificate of appreciation. This acknowledges that Mabel Carter has been recognized for outstanding service to Deep Creek Baptist Church for the 70 years of service. Uh, and it's signed by me, and it's dated uh, October 1, 2023. So I'm going to present this to you, Miss Mabel. And uh, it is a great pleasure to have someone who is as steadfast in their faith as you are. Amen. And we're still going to sing "Happy Birthday." Uh, uh, there's some others on the on the book this week that have birthdays, and we're gonna. We're going to sing happy birthday to them. Uh, one of them is Sharon, my wife. Her birthday is tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, uh, also tomorrow, uh, Jason. You might well go on and stand up, brother. Uh, <laughs> Jason's birthday is tomorrow. Uh, and Miss Canera, her birthday is the 7th. Are there any other birthdays or anniversaries this week? All right. We're going to sing happy birthday, my brother. this statement even I can sing happy birthday with that <laughs> the music covers me up <laughs> see that's the act of a great of a great musician when he can cover somebody that can't sing <laughs> uh, uh, while we're all still in that good singing mood let's all stand and let's sing him 304 
Amen. If your blood is not pumping now, I don't know what it will take. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your many mercies and blessings. Lord, we thank you. For all that you've done for us, we ask you, Lord, to continue to put your hand of providence upon us. Lord, allow us to advance your kingdom in every way. Uh, fill this place with your spirit, Lord. Give us the ability to put away the cares of this world and worship you for the next hour freely. Uh, just benign of troubles, Lord. We just love you. I ask it in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Praises, prayer requests, and announcements. Uh, Samaritan's purse boxes will begin collecting the items for the children's Christmas boxes. Uh, the list of items is in the foyer, and I think there is a list in here. I'm not sure yet. Uh, also, uh, Thursday night uh, uh, Bible studies or the discipleship class slash evangelism, uh, evangelism classes at seven o'clock on Thursday in the fellowship hall. Um, I need to tell you, if you're on a committee. You need to be prepared to start having some meetings this October. Um, we need to get everything set by our, our annual meeting in December for next year. So we're going to have to get nominating committees together and all those and the budgets and all that and get that taken care of. Uh, next Sunday will be communion. Uh, this Sunday slipped up on me. It's the first Sunday of the third quarter, or the last quarter, the fourth quarter, and we do communion. We will do communion next Sunday. Also, a week from Wednesday will be our business meeting, our quarterly business meeting. So if you're on a committee and you have a position in the church, be prepared to give your report uh, a week from Wednesday. Uh, are there any other announcements? Yes, go ahead. Yep, the Ladies Circle Tuesday night, men's meeting tomorrow night at 6.30 in the fellowship hall. Ladies at 7. Ladies is at 7. Any other announcements? Oh, just so you know, uh, Robin and Brian are great-grandparents. Uh, they, uh, they had a, 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 a great-grandson born yesterday at about 7-something last night. 7.57. Baby and mama is doing good. Uh, and baby already recognizes Gang Gang's voice. So, you know, there you go. Uh, are there any other announcements? Praises and prayer requests. Um, remember not only the Hunt family, but also remember the Evans family. Uh, any others? Uh, go ahead, Terry. Um, pray for Hunter. He's been in the ER since about 530. Okay. Um, just having some breathing issues. Okay. Um, I want to add, uh, oh, go ahead. I want to add um, this guy named Charlie. Uh, a friend of mine that lives in Stanley County is his nephew. And Charlie was coming home from a football game a week ago on a Friday night. And Charlie was the uh, uh, manager, equipment manager and all. And uh, 
Charlie was involved in a vehicle accident, and he is in Chapel Hill. He stepped him down this week, uh, and then they had to put him back last night back into ICU because of the medications that they were giving him. Uh, he's made great inroads, but remember Charlie. He has a long way to go. Uh, he has a lot of damage on the left side of his body, um, and it's going to be a long road of recovery for him, but he is strong. Uh, his Uncles and aunts said he's a fighter. He's always been a fighter and a tough kid. And uh, and if he grew up with uh, my friend Joseph as his uh, as his uncle, yeah, he's been a fighter because Joseph is going to pick on you. He don't care who you are, and he's going to ride you like a bicycle. So he's probably a tough kid. But pray for that family. They, the great thing about it is, is the whole family are, are, are Christian. And so they're relying upon the providence of God in prayer. And so they asked if we would put him on the prayer list. I said, absolutely. And so remember Charlie in your prayer. Yes, ma'am. Continued prayer for little Rowan, Libby, and Ramsey's great daughter. Okay. She's almost been over a month. And she's just now starting to show signs of the first stage of recovery. Good. Amen. All right. Um, any other? Uh, one of my fellow deputies was directing traffic in front of a school and a car ran him over. Oh. They were doing about 45 miles per hour. Oh. So he suffered multiple injuries. I was first on scene, but uh, he's okay, uh, but he's going to have a long road. Okay. He's at home recovering from his injuries. Amen. We will, we will definitely keep him up. Do you have a name? Daniel Pierce. We'll add him to the prayer list. Any other, John? I've seen your head, your hand up. Does it come for this morning? We want to pray for Kathy Harper having some breathing problems. Pray for Gene Lucas. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Any others? Uh, I got one uh, real quick here. I got two. Just praise God for, for being God, gracious and good to us the way He is. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, add to our prayer list Chuck Allred from Allred Electric. Uh, great guy. Uh, would stop and help anyone in our need. Chuck is in the hospital uh, going through some uh, the AFib uh, problems. We just raise him up in prayer. Okay. Okay. Any others? Somebody else? Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Um, remember Tanner Roberts uh, day after tomorrow Tanner is 
for lack of a better term, going to the Dust Bowl until June or October, I think it is. Anyway, it'll be, it'll be October, I think. He's going Friday. Friday. Okay, well, he, he changed. I know he had told me Tuesday, so good. I'm glad he's, maybe they won't have to go at all. You know, they keep pushing him back, but uh, remember him. Um, Traveling Mercy's on Tuesday for uh, Billy, and uh, as he travels back home, um, any others? Praises. If you weren't here last Sunday, we had an awesome Sunday. Um, uh, one of Tanner's daughters uh, came to Christ in Sunday school. Amen. And... Um, so we're praising that, and uh, I'm going to announce it again. We're going to put together a baptismal service. If you want to be baptized, if you want to rededicate your life and be rebaptized, uh, if you don't know the Lord and need to be baptized, uh, get with David or myself or one of the deacons, and, and we're going to get it set up. Um, and if you... Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, and if it upsets you, I apologize, but I just have to be true to what the Bible teaches. If you have been sprinkled, you need to sign up for this because you can't come up out of a shower. You can only come up out of water once you've been under it. So you, you need to be baptized by immersion. I'm sorry. Now, with that being said, I'll get off my soapbox and we'll move on. Um, any other praises or prayer requests? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Father God, we come before you when we love you. We thank you, Lord, for these, these petitions before you. We thank you that, that people recognize you as the one who can heal and solve these problems. But, Lord, we, we also recognize and thank you for the fact that these folks are letting us know because they see us as faithful, fervent prayers. We pray and things happen. Because we know, Lord, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we also know that you hear all of our petitions. We may not feel like you answer them, but we, you do. You've never not answered a prayer. And you never will not answer a prayer. Lord, we love you. All of these that were mentioned, Lord, we just lift them up to you. And know that you're in control of those situations. We know that you are going to receive the glory for whatever happens. And even though we may not understand your actions and your works and the reason that you do the things we do, we know that all things work for your glory, even when we don't understand them. Bless this time together, Lord. Let us go forward and worship you and let this message hit those that need to be hit with it. And Lord, I just ask that it will penetrate the hearts that need to be penetrated, that the hearts that are hard will be softened, and the soft hearts will soak it up like a sponge. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All things have been created through him and for him. That's Colossians 1.16. Let's stand and sing our offertory hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus, for his glory, hymn 47.
Adams, the police officers that was hurt this weekend, Lord, just please be with them. Thank you for all that you do for us. Just our first responders, our police officers, Lord, just bring them home safely every day. And we just love you and put our leaders on the knees so they come to you for all their answers. And use this money that you see fit to, to grow your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'll make your way to chapter 2 of the book of Hebrew, and, and while you're doing that, I, I'm going to have a conversation with my brother James in a minute. Uh, last week during, uh, during the worship service, I told y'all that my nose and my feet had changed places, that my nose was running and my feet were smelling. And after the service, James handed me $5 and told me to go buy a pair of socks uh, because he didn't want my feet to stink. So now I got to tell James, you need to give me 10 more dollars because socks has gone up because Biden's inflation is 15 bucks a pair. <laughs> I had told Robert that I was going to take that $5 and I was going to have it laminated because it came from James Matthews. <laughs> see, see, things are falling apart. <laughs> There's a great awakening. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to read uh, this, uh, the first five verses of, uh, of Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, I had a conversation, of course, you know, yesterday was a football day. And so me and this lady have been going on all season. And she doesn't quite, she doesn't quite know what to do with me as being a pastor. And we carry up a lot of conversations. And I planted seeds and you can tell that the seeds are blooming because she comes back and asks questions. And, um, and so she hinted around that she didn't think that there would be any penalty to pay uh, for uh, people rejecting God. You know, and so uh, it, it brought me to this. And, and I want to say this before I start. Uh, the first five verses I'm going to read or four verses, uh, either way, um, need to understand that these, the book of Hebrews was written to believers. Uh, and, uh, and some people think that the, this warning in the first uh, couple of verses of chapter 2 was for non-belief. Well, it, it is, but it's for us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that too. Uh, it is definitely for believers. Uh, and hopefully that, that I will be able to uh, 
expound on this and, and explain it to where we'll all understand. So with that being said, uh, today I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Version because I feel like having prayed about it that this will convey it so that whoever's listening there and who will, will get a great understanding. Uh, and so here we go. Verse 1. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression of disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders and various miracles and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his will. For he has not subjected angels, um, verse 5, for he has not subjected to angels the world to come that we are talking about, but someone somewhere has testified what is man that you remember him so that the son of man that you care for him? Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I want you to give me the ability to be able to decrease. Lord, I ask you to fill me with your spirit, your spirit take over and explain this so that we can give a sound witness and, and a sound explanation to those not only in our congregations that sit, that are neglecting their salvation, but also those who come to hear us and have no salvation. Lord, I love you and I ask this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Verse 3 kind of puts everything in perspective. And I'm going to read it again. How will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? That's a question. In my Bible, it has a question mark in the end. How will we escape the punishment if, if we neglect a great salvation? You know, um, and so what it is, this verse should alarm not only unbelievers who reject Christ, but believers who are neglecting their salvation. When you become the salvation, you have certain obligations you need to meet. You are called to grow in the Word. You are called to Fill your senses with the Lord. You're, you should be soaking it up like a sponge. And there should be mature Christians around you being able to help you walk that walk and help you encounter the issues that you're going to encounter. Because I can assure you, the young lady that was saved last Saturday, that accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior without a shadow of a doubt, knows she's going to heaven now is going to get inundated. I'm sure, I didn't get a chance to talk to her today. I'm sure she had a great week, but I'm sure there was some troubles in it. I'm sure. Because Satan is going to do whatever he can to get you not to take anything in this book serious. He's going to do whatever he can to distract you so that you will be ineffective for the kingdom of God in the spiritual battle that rages today. And so if we sit on the sidelines and we become pew potatoes rather than couch potatoes, then we are of no effect. We have surrendered to the enemy. Remember when we have elections and they, people say, well, I'm not voting because I don't like anybody on it. Well, a no vote constitutes a win for the opposition. And both sides see it that way. You've got to vote for somebody. 
Well, a non-action of a Christian constitutes people are going to hell and that blood's on your hands. We're all going to be held accountable. Who have we shared the gospel with? Who have we planted seeds? Who has come to Christ because of us? Those are the crowns we get to lay at the feet of Jesus. You know, when they did the parable with the coins, they were talking about the gift of salvation and what have you done to multiply it. You know, those that take it, receive it, and hide it, they did nothing. They did nothing. And yet they expect to stand in glory and receive all the accolades of those who multiplied it. Two times, five times, ten times, a hundredfold. All of those. All of those. And it's especially prevalent in the Western church. Because why? We are a drive-through society. We want what we want. We want it now. Our prayers are consistent of walking into the old vending areas that they used to have in plants and schools. And you drop your money in and you pull the little thing and it falls out. That's what we expect to do. We expect God to be this great big vending machine that we can walk in and pull the handle and make our request. And he's supposed to dump it out the bottom and we reach it. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. See, this whole thing starts. Think about this. The Mosaic law was delivered to Moses not only by God, but by angels. You notice it said here, it says, For this reason we must pay attention all the more to what have been, we have heard from those and not drip away for his message spoken through angels. Where do you think the Ten Commandments come from? Yes, God etched them on the tablet. But who do you think was guiding Moses? Angels. Now what is, and, and the Mosaic Law, it was strict. It is still strict today. The idea is that the law was received by the direction of angels. And I can back it up. It comes in Acts 7.53. It also comes in Deuteronomy 33.2 uh, and Galatians 3.19. So this is not some vague Thing that I come across, this is this is this is can be found and it can be documented that this idea came from angels of the law, the Mosaic law. Also, guess who else talked about it? Josephus. He repeated the idea in his ancient history, and 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 I'm going to give you the thing. Antiquities 1553. So you don't have to go reading all of Josephus. All you got to do is go to. Antiquities 1553 and you read that concept that the angels delivered the message to Moses that was the law that that adhered to that is the law that we cannot keep that is the law that is the standard the standard and so with that you know that law proved steadfast I mean it was strict it was so strict that those ten commandments people couldn't take that so they had to make 653 more if you can't keep 10, what in the world makes you think you can keep 653 more? Just keep adding them on. Kind of like what's going on today, isn't it? We got laws stacked upon laws, stacked upon laws, and all they got to do is just start enforcing them, and you'd be surprised what would happen. But the Mosaic Law says that every transgression and disobedience receives a just reward. Let me repeat that. Every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. And these, these things demanded that we, they be taken seriously. 
So when we say at the, in the verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Think about this. If we must take the word of angels seriously, then we must take the word that came from the Son of God even more seriously. I mean, it's just common sense. Think about this now. Think about this. If somebody tells you something and it's, it's, and it's of great importance, what do you do? You listen to it. You act upon it. Great example. This couple, last couple of weeks, uh, I was told that I needed to take the license plates off of a vehicle sitting in our yard and I needed to turn them in because it wasn't going to be long and it's going to be time to renew the license plate and to renew the insurance on that car. And I was informed that we were not going to pay another dime of insurance on a car that was sitting in the yard and not being driven. I'm not going to tell you who informed me all of this. It was important to her, not necessarily on my high rank of priorities. But I accomplished it this Friday. And, uh, but see, that's the, the point that I'm making is if it is a priority to you and if it is important to you, then you're on it. You act on it. You grow on it. So the Word of God comes to us. We have the, we have the Ten Commandments. Most of us don't really think a whole lot about the Ten Commandments, if you're honest. I mean, are they in the forefront of your mind every day? Reminding you that I can't keep this. No. No, we go about our lives because most of us have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we know that we're no longer under the law, under the law but under grace. Now, do we neglect the grace? This is the kicker. If Christ said that we are to present our members as holy vessels to the Lord... Huh? That gives us the ability to do that. Now, if an angel had told you, you'd probably take it pretty seriously. But this is the Son of God who's telling you. For those of you who don't understand, the Son of God is the God incarnate. He's the God who stepped out of glory, come down, put on his creation, hung around for 30-some years, went to the cross freely, died, stayed in the grave three days, rose again, hung around for another 40-some days, and then ascended to heaven. That God. That Son. And the Bible tells us that He's just a little bit higher than an angel. And what are we? We're just a little bit lower than an angel. Jesus was not a created being. Angels and men were created. So with that said, if we're supposed to listen to what the angels say, and those of you who have been in the military, there is a rank order. And so if the angel, say, is a field grade officer, say a lieutenant colonel or higher, you're going to listen to him. But if, the, say, the division commander comes, usually that's a, that's a major general or, or I don't know what it is in the Navy two-star, what they call them, vice admirals or something. I can't remember. I don't know the, I don't know the Navy ranks, but you're going to listen to him before you listen to him because he outranks him. So God is, God is the commander of everything. Jesus is vice commander at the same time he's commander. So they're co-commanders. Jesus is commander of the spiritual army. The commander. The God of angel armies is my friend. The God of angel armies 
protects me. You know, I'm supposed to obey him. I'm supposed to do that. There's no escape from the judgment. There's no escape. Now, if we neglect our salvation, we're giving Satan an open door to make us just useful, useless pawns on the battlefield. See, a greater word brought a greater person. I'm going to, this little concept, I'm going I'm to finish it up. If you have a greater word bought by a greater person, uh, and that person having greater promises and will bring greater uh, condemnation if neglected. If he's a greater person, and the, if, you, if you ever got in trouble, you know the higher up the person that dealt with you, the consequences was worse. And no matter how high you went up in the organization, when you got home, the, the, the commander of everything would wear you out. Yep, that's exactly right. And I was raised by a non-commissioned officer, so let me tell you something. They don't play. Sergeants do not play. They are the hands and feet of the officers. Uh, so if we neglect the great salvation, the ancient word that, that is translated for neglect is almost like a-assimilate. It's almost translated a-assimilate. It's only used twice in the Bible, Matthew 22, 5 and here. Uh, and it, and it's, what it is is... is is to be disregard to disregard an invitation of high importance, uh, and, and it's it's like in, in Matthew it was to disregard the invitation to the marriage supper. Now we've all been invited. A lot of us have a seat there at that supper. Some of us we ain't decided yet. We got one foot at the supper and one foot not going. We ain't decided to stamp our RSVP. And so, this, you know, it's something that, that we, we don't want to ignore or to disregard this opportunity. It is a great opportunity. That would be like receiving, I don't know, some type of an award for whatever you do. And it's going to be a bunch of dignitaries there who are great in the field that you're in. And then you can't make up your mind whether you're going to go and receive it. I mean, they thought enough of you to think that you deserve the reward. You know, God thinks enough of you to think that you deserve an invitation. There's certain things you have to do. You have to accept the invitation. And then number one, you have to respond to the invitation. And so we need to understand that this, you know, that this is the word to believers, not just those outside the faith. The danger described isn't rejecting salvation, uh, though the principle certainly applies there, that, but the danger is neglecting salvation. We can come forward and we can accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and never move forward on our salvation. Remember what does he tell us? We are to do what with our salvation? Work it out. Work it out. That means you have to get into it. You have to move. You have to exercise it. You have to live it. Have you ever been to the gym and worked out? I, I'll give you an example. When I first went in the Army, I was playing football and baseball in high school. I thought I was in great shape. Wrong. Wrong. I got there, and I didn't know what shape was. Thirteen weeks later, I came home, and people didn't recognize me. I went in the army, man. I weighed 206 pounds. I was fit as a fiddle. I had a size 38 waist. I was built like an upside down triangle. 
I came home 13 weeks later, I was in a size 28 pants, weighed 182 pounds, and I could run like a rabbit. I did so many push-ups and sit-ups that the ants knew me by my first name at Fort Leonard Wood. <laughs> and I know that when I left there, that place was about two feet lower below sea level than it was when I got there. But that's the way our salvation should be. That's the way our relationship with Christ, we should work it. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you're so sore, your arms shake, you can't hold your body up. Ah, we should be like that. We should be in this word every day. Start out two or three minutes a day if you don't have time. But let it grow. Watch it grow because you'll read something. You say, hmm, that's interesting. And you'll keep reading to find out where it's going. And the next thing you know, you look at the clock, you don't sit there for an hour and a half. You turn your phone off. You turn the ringer off on the telephone at the house. You lock the doors. It's quiet. And they can bang on the door all they want to. If they ain't got a key, they ain't getting in. You got to protect your time. And so remember that Hebrews was written not primarily as an evangelistic tool, but it was written as encouragement and a warning to discourage Christians. That's what we have today. We have a whole lot of discouraged Christians. We have people who have slid away from the faith, number one, because they got out of the habit. And number two, they're being distracted so by, by so many other things. You know, we used to, I, I pick at my grandson about this little shiny thing shaking over here. And this little shiny thing thinking over here. And his is, his, he's supposed to be here, but he's watching that over there or that over there. Because he's distracted. He's distracted. What shiny thing is Satan dangling before us that keeps us? Is it golf? Is it family? Is it Ball game, whatever, what is it? Whatever it is, we need, to, we need to take the lust and the shine off of it. Dull it up. It was written to those who neglected an abiding walk with Jesus. Do you know what abiding means? Where do you live? Are you abiding in your home of residence? Is that where you live? Is that where... You're the most, is that where everything, you can let your hair down and if you want to walk around in your underwear, you can walk around in your underwear. Nobody's going to know. That's where you're comfortable. Are you abiding in Jesus Christ? Are you comfortable in Him? Not just your skin, in Him. Or are we scared of Him? And we should have a little bit, fear and, 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 and awe is one thing, but we should never be so afraid of Him that we're afraid to have a relationship with him. That we're afraid to converse with him. He wants us. He's there. He's waiting. He sees what's happening. All you have to do is stop. Jesus. And he says, I'm here, child. I'm here. Those are the things that we need to consider. It's so great a salvation. When we consider something great, we will naturally pay attention to it. I guarantee you, if somebody gives you a lottery ticket and it hits, you're going to pay attention to it. You're going to. When somebody tells you you've been saved and you come to the salvation, why do you neglect the gathering together of the saints? Why do you neglect the Bible studies and the Sunday school lesson? Oh, well, I'm, 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 I don't need Sunday school. I might not learn nothing. But then again, you definitely won't learn nothing if you don't come. You'd be surprised what you learn when you're not paying attention and you're doing something you don't want to do. 
you'll find out, hey, this ain't so bad. Then we all have those feelings. Of, well, you know, I just don't feel like going today. I want to just roll back over, pull the covers over my head, be done with it. I'm going to cancel today due to the fact that I don't feel good. I don't want to participate. As a child of God, you don't have that choice. It should be, Lord, I don't feel well. Give me the strength to get through this day. Lord, I, I, I just want to stay home. Lord, help me get out of this bed and go fight the fight. There's always a fight. Not showing up is the same as going AWOL in the army. That's absent without leave. You can't do anything and somebody else has to pick up your slack. You see, we're all part of one great big army. We're all part of the body of Christ. The body, the whole part. So I wake up in the morning and my foot decides it ain't going to comply. What am I going to do? Am I going to just sit around? No, I'm going to hobble around and do something. My, eventually my foot will get with the program. <laughs> it will, I promise. It might take a few days. It might take a few weeks, but it'll eventually get there. Because you know what happens if you don't use it? You lose it. Same thing goes with our salvation. So great a salvation. It's a striker reminder of what God has provided through Jesus Christ, us. This word so great of a salvation. It also comes, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See that so there is so important. It's the same premise. It's the same depth. It is an unfathomable depth. So great of a salvation. We can't understand the depth of it. God so loved the world. The depth of his love was so great. We can't understand any of it. Therefore, if we neglect something, we probably do not consider it great. Yet our salvation is great because... Listen to this now. How are we saved? By a what? Great Savior. Not just a Savior. A great Savior. A Savior would be somebody who pulled you out of the swimming pool. When you had a cramp and couldn't swim about to drown. That's, 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 a, that's a Savior. A great Savior is someone who died on the cross for your sins. And we were saved at a great cost. We have no idea. You remember the soul up here? The cost was so great, we can't fathom the depth of the cost that Christ hung there for me. I don't know how much it cost him, but it was a pretty penny. And here's the greatest part of it all that I'm going to leave you with. We are saved from a great penalty. A great penalty. There is a death. And then there is a judgment. And it is appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. After a thousand years, there will be a second death. There will be a second death. And those will be talked in, into that lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. For eternity. You sit in line at the hospital or at a doctor's appointment and we think about, man, it's a long time. We get anxious and we get really because, look, I've been here an hour and what's up with this guy? 
My time's just as important as his. As aggravated as we get with that little hour we spend in a doctor's office waiting to be seen, or yet, better yet, they come see you, take you, set you in a room, close the door, and you're locked in solitary for an hour. <laughs> it's the same thing. Just think how egregious it's going to be to spend eternity knowing that there's never going to be a break. Ever. Don't. Please don't. And the reason that we have people that are in the pews that neglect their salvation is very simple. It's because they never considered their salvation great. It was just something that they could obtain and receive from the social club that's called the church. They never understood who Christ is. They never understood that their body is the temple of God. And that's a shame. That's a shame. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you. Lord, I pray that not one soul here today has taken our great salvation for granted. Lord, I pray that as we go forward, we realize and never take for granted that we have an obligation to grow in your word and become holy because you are holy. And we know that we're only going to be so holy in this life, but that's no excuse not to try. That's no excuse not to advance our understanding and our relationship with you through the Holy Spirit. The problem is, Lord, most of us just don't care. We become not only apathetic about the functions of the church, but we become apathetic toward you. And for those of you who don't know what apathy is, that's your assignment, Lord. Make them go home and look it up in the dictionary. Apathy is a terrible curse upon the church. Not only is it a terrible curse upon the church, it is a terrible curse upon people's lives. And I pray, Lord, today that we will do away with apathy in this church, in this congregation, in this body of Christ. I ask you, Lord, to bless each one that's here. If they're sitting there and they're uncomfortable and they don't like what I'm talking about, Lord, let them act today because they are not promised the next moment. God, I love you. And I want you to impress upon them that the actions they take in this life have eternal consequences or the lack of actions. I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Closing hymn today, 502, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.